0: On this week's episode, we have a price and street date for PlayStation 5, Mandalorian gets a new trailer, and will AAA movies get delayed again? All this and more as we reach our next stop, the PCC Multiverse.
1: Don't be alarmed.
0: This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all our great shows, and if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you like, share, subscribe, throw us out some of those Facebook gaming stars, whatever you can do to follow us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is truly appreciated. Plus, I also want to give a big shout-out to Chris Diardieri who hosted the Inside Sports Fantasy Football show with me this week. I want to go ahead and check that out, covering week two in the NFL and what to look for and not to panic if your team didn't win this past weekend. Plus, also as well, we're doing daily coverage of the NBA playoffs on the Lakers' fast break. Myself, Rafael Barlow of NBA Draft Junkies, and, of course, my friends at the thelakerholics.com want to go ahead and check out what we're doing pretty much every day right at the lakers fast break but it wouldn't be a pcc multiverse without an awesome co-host and what do i have here today he's back once again it's my good friend you got to check out what he's doing today at castle creations it is marcus de la garza and marcus thanks for coming back on man i can't believe you dealt with me twice in a row
2: hey man i'm i'm just trying to be back here and uh hang out with you all the time so that we can uh just talk this stuff it's it's fun i i really enjoy it so uh, i'm glad to be back for another week and i'm i'm hopefully uh hopefully everyone's happy to have me back for another week let's go with that
0: absolutely everyone's probably very excited to have you back because uh, you know if anybody that gets the criticism for the show it's unfortunately always falls on me but we are going to have a great show for everyone Yeah. yeah yeah well what can i say But we are going to have a great episode today. We're going to be talking some PlayStation 5, a street price, and also a street date dropped because they did a nice presentation yesterday. But there were still some things kind of lacking, so we'll talk about that here in a bit. Mandalorian also dropped some news. In fact, they dropped a trailer. Some mysterious things going on. We'll go ahead and talk about the Mandalorian Season 2 trailer, which is coming out late in October, October 30th to be exact. Which Marvel series looks to be pretty close to a definite coming out on Disney+, and which may not be? We'll go ahead and talk about that coming up here in a bit. VR is getting an infusion of some new things with Oculus Quest coming out with Oculus Quest 2, but is it really going to bring interest to this dying marketplace, as I want to say, or is it? live marketplace who knows i wouldn't go ahead and talk about marcus and our thoughts on that coming up here in a bit triple a movies possibly being delayed there's been a lot of hints there's been a lot of rumors we're going to tell you the realities of the situation going on coming up here on the back end of the show plus also is where we're going to be talking about animaniacs I know that's coming back to Hulu. Steven Spielberg's one of his creations or that he's had a lot of imprints on. We're going to talk about that if people are going to be interested in that coming up here in a bit. And also as well, I think Marcus and I are going to go back to Hogwarts looking for Harry Potter in a new video game coming up. Does that make us excited about traveling to Harry Potterland Once again, we're going to talk about that in a bit as well. But first, my friend, I want to talk to you about PlayStation 5. They had a nice little show the the other day showing off a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Some of their features, some of the things they're going to have for the PlayStation 5. And then they dropped the price and street date. Almost kind of a little uh, like a blip. Oh, there you go. Oh, 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 there you go. And then they kind of went to the uh, executive talking about how great it is and we're so happy, blah, 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 blah. But it is going to be for out there, let's, let's go with the U.S. street date, although it's going to be in and around that. You can equate it to American dollars. It is going to be 399 American dollars uh, as far as for the digital-only version. And for the full-fledged version with a Blu-ray player, it's going to be 499 American dollars. And so everybody out there that's listening to us all around the world on radio, you can equate that to your own marketplace. But the units are going to be coming out right after the xbox ones on november 12th in some markets like us and then also in other markets will be coming out the next week on november 19th so please check your local listings on when it is going to come out because there are varying dates and times you want to go ahead and check that out and then there was a mass confusion on pre-ordering right after the conference which was kind of funny because while jeff Keighley and sony was saying okay we're going to tell you the times Walmart was saying, pre-order now, man! Pre-order now! So, with all that said and done, my friend, what were your impressions of the PlayStation 5? There were some things announced. Obviously, a new God of War that's coming out next year was the highlight, God of War Ragnarok. But then again, all this showed you was a logo and, er uh, coming out 2021. Nothing really there. No gameplay or anything like that. So... It's right now, when you don't show gameplay like that, that leads me to believe it's coming out the end of 2021 at the earliest. And I don't even know if it's going to do that when you don't even have any gameplay ready. But, need I digress. I want to hear your thoughts on PlayStation 5. How impressed were you with the structuring? It's going to be a little bit different than what Xbox is doing in regards to a cheaper model and the more expensive model. Match to match... Xbox is a little tiny bit more powerful, but PlayStation could offer better features.
2: Yeah, and that's something we loosely talked about last week. We mentioned how, you know, the Xbox might have the superior graphics card at this point in time. But I do want to take a second and point out that the Xbox uh, Series X and the Series S... There's a difference not only in price and digital only. There's a difference in uh, quality that you're getting out of your yeah. graphics as well. But, uh, and well, so I then- will say
0: this though: you gotta have a 4K to. T- you know, if you don't have a 4K television, you're not going to maximize anything the PlayStation 5 or the Xbox Series X has. If you don't, then the Xbox Series S is going to maximize what you have. Like if me, I have a 1080 yeah. TV. Uh, I don't need more than the Xbox Series S but if i have uh the playstation 5 either digital or the the main unit you know it's going to uh, i'm going i'm going to necessitate it's going to necessitate me getting a a 4k tv pretty much
2: right and that's uh i, I guess what i was i was going to say about it was you know the xbox series uh, uh, uh s is the uh, digital only or the X? I uh, the the both.
0: s is the, is the digital only and that's okay. the one that is the lower powered of the two.
2: Yeah, yeah. And so what I was going to say, though, is, uh, you know, you actually do have a, a difference there between the two of them. Um, you've got some different specs between the two models of Xbox. There's no different specs between the two models of the PlayStation 5. What yeah. you get is what you get. Yeah. Uh, the only difference is the optical drive. And I think uh, based on our discussion last week, you and I are of the generation where that optical drive is a necessity. I've got too many Blu-rays to just walk away from that, um, that investment right Yes. Now. So it's worth that 3 it's worth that extra $100 to drive it up to 499 for me personally, but I can say that if I didn't own a whole bunch of Blu-rays or if I'd already made the switch to digital only copies, game over. I'm buying that $399 model. Uh okay. simply because it's doing 4K uh ultra HD that kind of stuff, um which is something you're not going to see in the digital only version of the Xbox Series S. Uh and that's actually probably going to be the determining factor for me. To a certain extent because we talked about it last week and it's a lot of it revolved around price uh, kind of depending on what the ps5 price was going to be i'm familiar with that uh, operating system so let me just go with that and so what i saw yesterday was enough to keep me in the playstation family uh, i was excited about what i saw but at the same time what we were talking about before we came on air was not a whole bunch of titles out right now.
0: yeah and that's the you problem know? that's the reason why i'm not going in on this next generation yet is because I want console exclusives that will go ahead and get me drawn in. There are really no console exclusives or games that are coming out for the PlayStation 5 or Xbox series that are exclusive. Oh, I can get that on the PlayStation 4 or Xbox One? Fine, I don't need to spend the $400, $500, $300 right away. I don't have to because you're not giving me something exclusive. Sure, with the PlayStation 5, it is kind of cool that they're with their PlayStation 5 Plus plan, they're going to go Mm -hmm. ahead and drop PlayStation 4 games on there. It's kind of like a PlayStation Now, what they're doing, but again, it's just going to be part of the service, and it's not just going to be something where they're going to drop a game each and every month or anything like that. They're going to actually have a, a library of games that they're going to go ahead and feed off of. And they did say 99%, which is always scary when they tell you that because it doesn't tell you 100%, 99% of PlayStation 4 games will be backwards compatible on PlayStation 5, which is disappointing that the entire PlayStation library is not going to be available as far as backwards compatibility as what was once hinted to us that it was going to be. So I'm kind of disappointed there. But again, with both systems... You're not giving me a reason that I have to go ahead and buy in now.
2: Yeah, I think for a lot of people, it's, it's not a reason to buy in right away. I, I'm kind of sitting here. I'm looking at the investments I've got to make now. If I'm going to jump up to the super nice PS5, my receiver, my audio receiver for my entertainment system is not 4K compatible. That means I've got to upgrade that. So that's what another 400 bucks, 500 bucks. I'm not going to pre-order one, but we had talked about uh, before we got on air here that I might just roll into Best Buy if they've got one. Maybe take a swing at it. Maybe not. We'll see. Kind of depends on what's going on with the uh, with the world at that point, but uh, uh, we'll go from there. But I think Sony's going to draw a lot of people back in at a certain point. right? You've got the Final Fantasy game that was announced yesterday that's going to be coming out. Yep. But, I mean, that's not going to be console exclusive. That's going to be available on on desktop. I mean...
0: Again, you'll it's, be able to find it other other places and it just it's really hard for people that are on the fence like me to go ahead and say I'm gonna jump on in right away. I yeah. need I need console exclusives that is going to give me resources. I mean all the stuff that they were showing off at the Xbox showcase uh last month, I think it was, and there were some great games, but they're coming out in twenty twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. That's not going to do it for me, for me to buy one now. Same thing we're talking about with the PlayStation 5. They've got some great games on the way. God of War. Ragnarok.
2: But it's not coming I, out I,
0: 2021 I, at the earliest.
2: I'm so excited about that God of War. And I, I really haven't been a, a God of War you know, student in the past. But I mean, I've played a couple of the games in the past. And it's the teaser trailer was enough for me to be interested, right? and it definitely had me thinking oh man this on ps5 is going to be outstanding but that's another one that's also going to be available on ps4 so yeah. are they going to completely rebuild the entire game or are we going to build the same game and just reskin it basically uh and let you know kind of the automated process here take place
0: because it's just the thing where you have over 100 million playstation 4 owners out there Who you still need to make content for because it's still at a point in time where every console generation has, where you have that transition period. And how much of a base do you want to go ahead and cater to? Do you want to cater to the 2, 3, 4, 5 million base that will be available at the end of this year for the new generation? Or the 100 million that you already got as far as in PlayStation 4's case? or let's say 40, 50 million that the Xbox One has, do you want to go ahead and shut that community out? You don't. So you want to make a game that's available for both those platforms. And right now, that is a reason why most people will stay invested in just for the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One and will be in that wait and see mode. Plus, of course, 2020 being 2020 and the way it's gone, most people will want to say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and save my money for now.
2: Well, here's a more of a a conceptual question for you, Gerald. Mm Do you think 2020 has done irreparable damage to our entertainment marketplace in the sense of how we roll out our entertainment period? Movies, TVs, video games, whatever it is, forevermore, this is forever changed. We're totally going to be kind of screwed for the next five years if you really want to break it down.
0: Well, it's going to be a situation where people are going to want more things on demand, on streaming. Uh, and uh, more people want to do things from home because that's what they want, that's what they're used to. I mean, Josh uh, had already pointed this out in previous conversations that he thinks it is going to be irreparably changed. And as we're going to be talking about later on with the AAA movies being delayed, it's going to be a situation where people won't be coming back to the movies for quite some time. So we'll save that conversation for later. But yeah, to answer your question real quick, I think the way we value entertainment or the way we perceive entertainment, or the way we go ahead and, most importantly, spend money on entertainment, is going to be done in a different fashion moving forward. Well, I'll tell you what, my friend, though, you said you are excited for PlayStation 5, so you are going to go ahead and buy day one, or just, as you said, roll in. There comes Marcus rolling in to go ahead and buy his PlayStation 5. So obviously it's impressive enough to you that you want to go ahead and get it now. Uh, For me, I'm still, like I said, off for now because, again, I'm looking for more console exclusives and specific reasons to buy on. So, looks like we're on one side and the other on the the equation. But I do appreciate everything that you're bringing in as far as that's concerned. You do make a valid argument either which way. So, I want to go ahead and put the question out to everyone out there. If you want to go ahead and weigh in your thoughts, I want to hear them. PlayStation 5, were you impressed? You like the price? You like the fact that it's coming out a couple days after the Xbox? Were you confused by all the pre-order fiasco that happened right after? Want to hear your thoughts on the PlayStation 5, and if you're going to go ahead and get it now or later, share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com.
1: Hey, this is Chad from Ghost Toasters, and you're listening to Pop Culture Cosmos Podcast. You've heard others but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the jock and nerd podcast here imran
2: so if you offend everyone at once it all it's a wash i've covered everybody
1: anthony on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts, the Jock and Nerd Podcast it can't be silly, goofy, fun. Seriously, people really
0: listen to this. Uh... Jock and Nerd. Well, my friend, another thing in pop culture really dropped that a lot of people were excited for, and that was the first real trailer for the Mandalorian season two that came out this week, and a lot of people were excited. My one of my daughters was just could not get enough of that I want to ask your thoughts Mandalorian very mysterious going to talk about the evil order known as the Jedi talking about that that was kind of funny how that that's relating from seeing it from their vantage point as far as the Mandalore is concerned so I want to hear your thoughts I thought it was a really good trailer I thought it really gets intrigued for season 2 I was really impressed by it but I want to hear your thoughts on the Mandalorian trailer for season 2
2: so uh, right off the bat, I, I do want to say they're doing something outstanding with their trailers and their production quality, just period. And I think that's more of a nod at um, Disney Plus than anything else. They're putting the money in that uh, needs to be put in to give you that that high quality studio.
0: Oh, they're all appearance. in on Disney Plus. They see it as the future. They, you know, it's an answer to the question that we just talked about as far as being upfront on the future of entertainment and i think they realize or beginning to realize that there this will be at least for the foreseeable future a viable way of entertainment going forward
2: to point that out if you watch the mandalorian 2 trailer or the season 2 trailer Watch it, uh, and take notice of the sets, the graphics, the CGI. Everything in there is pristine, and it's not just for the trailer. If you go back and you think about watching season one, there wasn't ever one of those moments where you're like, "Oh, that was some rough CGI." Yeah, and that's something that you get in most sci-fi based entertainment. You have that rough CGI moment where it's like, "Oh well, man, well, especially must run for out of television." <laughs> yeah, especially for yeah. television,
0: because usually networks won't spend that much on television shows. But as we're seeing with Netflix. And as we're seeing with Disney Plus, when it comes to the Mandalorian, they are willing to go all out.
2: Yeah. And that's to me, that's the most impressive thing here is you're looking at something that was so successful. And I really thought it would be tough to top Mandalorian one. And we still don't know whether or not this will or not. But based on my take on the trailer, I would say Mandalorian two is going to be just as good as Mandalorian one. Let's hope that the storyline actually develops and and becomes something that we want to see here the whole talking about the jedi as the sorcerers portion of the trailer i had to go back and watch that twice because it was it it made me laugh i'm sitting there thinking and and you hear the uh you know go take the uh search for the child's home with the sorcerers known as the jedi and it was just like oh my god we've only heard the jedi perspective we've never heard like the mandalore perspective and heard them talked about as sorcerers as magicians or anything like that so
0: so no that was cool i like that perspective of it because the fact that not everybody sees the Jedi as this lawful peacekeeping force that you know everybody should go ahead and, and respect or fear, either which way. They, at the Mandalore, see it as an enemy, uh, or at least a long-standing enemy at that. And then you saw the part of the trailer where they're at the port, him and the child. A.K.A. Baby Yoda. I'm just going to call it Baby Yoda. I'm sorry. No, just call it Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Baby Yoda. But anyways, uh, you're seeing right there with Mandalorian Baby Yoda, and then you see a mysterious figure who is actually WWE Sasha Banks, minus mm-hmm. the fluorescent hair. But yeah, she was there. And then it disappears the next. Could she be an Order of the Jedi? We'll have to wait and see if the, what kind of role she plays. is kind of... Really cool that they gave her that nod in the trailer. It doesn't even go into detail about uh, what we saw at the end of last season with Moff Gideon, him trying to go ahead and and basically be a a thorn in the side of the Mandalorian because he wants Baby Yoda. I mean, there's intrigue there, but you're right. It comes all down to the storyline.
2: I had a, a cast list that was pulled up here and I just looked over at it. I am i've got my mind blown here timothy oliphant's gonna be in Mm -hmm. playing boba fett Mm -hmm. how did i miss this and then the original boba fett is going to be in there as well
0: he's going to have amazing he's going to get into the armor of boba fett so he's not going to be boba fett per se but he's going to get into the armor of boba fett somehow that's going to be worked out but yes we're going to see that happening it's going to be very interesting but you're right. To me, it comes down to the storyline because the storyline for season one, depending on the location, it seemed basically carried the show or didn't carry the show when it was on Tatooine last year. It was absolutely dreadful in other parts of the universe. It was very, very much a, a thrilling adventure. So there were highs and lows last year, but still it's got a ton of Emmy nominations. So obviously the, the Emmy voters loved it. When it talks about what they're doing in Mandalorian Season 2, I'm excited. I see the people out there generating such interest into this new season. And I see this as something that is going to be another big hit for Disney. I, I really think this is something that they're going to use as a foundation going
2: forward. Well, Bob Iger kind of talked about how Mandalorian 2 is going to be the turning point for spinning off series for Disney Plus, didn't he?
0: A series and then hopefully even talking about, uh, you know, the Old Republic as far as the movies are concerned, uh, maybe trying to restart that and get people interested in going to see the movies once again and... You know, it's just creating with, with, uh, and they're using old characters like Ahsoka. Rosario Dawson is, is going to be a part of it. That is, a lot got a lot of people that have a great affinity for the Star Wars Clone Wars series. That's going to be a, a very interesting for them. So how they're going to go ahead and integrate that is going to be something that's going to be very interesting to see. But again, all in all, another great trailer, great representation from Disney and Mandalorian Season 2 has got us very excited. And I'm looking forward to October 30th. Although, please, unlike the boys, don't go ahead and review Bomb The Mandalorian because it's going to come out on a weekly basis. It did last year. It's going to do it this year. You know, That's basically right now what we're going to see going forward from a lot of these series is even if they were binged in the past, that they're going to be going ahead on a week-by-week basis because of what's going on with the coronavirus. These right. networks are going to and streaming outlets are going to have to be spacing this stuff out. So don't review Bomb It, please just doesn't make any sense but i want to hear your final thoughts on the trailer for mandalorian season two and does it really have you excited for what's coming up for baby yoda the mandalorian
2: it's definitely going to be one of those tv series that i'm super excited about it takes me a while to actually want to sit down and want to go week by week i i'm more of that person that i'll wait three or four weeks and get three or four episodes going before i I commit to watching something but this is definitely going to be one of those series where i'm going to be there week one watching
0: there you go waiting
2: wishing hoping
0: Absolutely. And I will be too. And I know a lot of others will be out there as well because Disney Plus, which has had an issue this year, partly because of their own doing, partly because of the coronavirus is doing, had a lot of issues trying to get a lot of content out on their service. So when they have new and fresh content, it's almost like a celebration at this point in time for anything coming out to Disney Plus. And when it's a high profile series like The Mandalorian, which is... Uh, I I guess you would say it's their biggest success story outside of possibly what we're seeing now with Mulan and what we saw with Hamilton. It is their biggest success story of their early rise of Disney+. And and it just makes it so enjoyable to see that everybody's getting so excited for season two. What are your thoughts out there on the trailer for season two of The Mandalorian? Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com Well... In doing that, Disney Plus also relayed a lot of information on stuff coming out before the end of the year. And one of the things that they mentioned was WandaVision, which was going to be the second in the series of Marvel series. Could it possibly be the first? Because even though the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is coming back or is in production right now, they did mention that show as being a definite for 2020. And in fact, this series, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, was supposed to debut well ahead of WandaVision. WandaVision is still meeting its late 2020 deadline, but Falcon and the Winter Soldier isn't. So I want to hear your thoughts on Falcon and the Winter Soldier and if you think there's going to be a major delay into 2021.
2: Absolutely. At this point, it doesn't feel like that production schedule is anywhere where it needs to be. Just based on what we've seen, the delays we've had, and the continued delays that keep happening. I mean, this is something that's impacting the entire industry right now. So how do we start measuring this, right? Uh, I feel like almost we have to start looking at a lot of these networks and content producers and, and cutting them a little bit of slack to a certain extent. But at the same time, don't come out and tell me it's gonna be, we're only delaying three more months and this is the last time, right? Because we know that's not the case right now in 2020. I'm kind of excited to see where this goes. They could push to a February 2021 release and still have good numbers, right? Uh, The the the, numbers is
0: not not the issue for me, my friend. The issue is why you wanted to put the Falcon and Winter Soldier in first in the first place. You wanted that as the first series because of MCU timeline stuff. So right. that's the thing. WandaVision is really supposed to set up Doctor Strange too. It's supposed to set up things in dealing with the multiverse and that aspect of it. While Falcon and the Winter Soldier maybe as a way it's to have been a way to set up maybe Black Widow or other things on a not ethereal plane when it comes to the multiverse is concerned. They're more of a... Okay, we're dealing with what is S.H.I.E.L.D. transitioning to, when it's transitioning to S.W.O.R.D., what is the future for possibly Captain Zemo? Is he going to become a part of the Thunderbolts? Yeah, so is he going to get Captain Zemo together along with his other Red Hulk and all the other mercenaries that he gets to create the Thunderbolts? That's what Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think, was going to be setting up because we're going to be seeing that for the future going forward. And we see a little bit of that from Black Widow already in the trailers that we've seen that that's going to probably happen at some point in time. Each of these series is supposed to set up different things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that are going to play out long term. There were reasons why one was supposed to come out of the head of the other. And how this will be affected by it is going to be very concerning to... MCU timeline freaks going forward I'm not necessarily a timeline freak I just want some type of continuity so that's that's all I care about
2: and thinking about the the continuity and the timeline freaks what you said was WandaVision was supposed to be kind of standalone and it was going to introduce other movies not necessarily be a part of the overall timeline
0: because Wanda she's going to be part of the Doctor Strange movie so yeah, she,
2: the Multiverse of Madness. Yes, Multiverse it, of
0: yeah. Madness. So she's going to be part of the Matt movie, and that's going to be jumped off from what she does in WandaVision. So something which, something she does during the series of WandaVision is going to set the precipice for what we're going to see in the Multiverse of Madness, which has now been delayed, so now you don't have to worry as much about that timeline. It's, it's, it's Like I said, all this is being messed up. These timelines are being messed up by what's going on in these these delayed releases. But... It is something that is going to be of great concern to Marvel fans out there as WandaVision did get announced for this year, but Falcon and the Winter Soldier didn't. Could that mean a delay is on order? Share us your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. Well, coming up next, we will be talking more about AAA's movies being delayed, Oculus Quest 2, Harry Potter's going back to the video games, and some acts as well. This is the pcc multiverse
1: coming soon zero cool films presents action figure adventure super collector jay bartlett hits the road once again in search of action figures most iconic and noteworthy and rare figures all in the name of creating the most ultimate action figure auction ever he fronts the cash that charity benefits in the end what will he get how will he get it and how well will he do find out november 1st 2020
0: and we're back with the PC Multiverse. Back along with my good friend, Marcus de la Garza. I want to go ahead and ask you real quick. Oculus Quest 2 has been announced. Cheaper, more powerful, supposed to be sexier, supposed to be doing <laughs> all these great things. My friend, as someone who is... I'm not going to say I'm, I'm a... Well, you know what? I'm pretty much saying I'm a naysayer as far as uh, the VR industry is concerned because... When VR was being pushed down our throats in 2017 as the next big thing, VSVR, the original Oculus Quest, and several others that were coming out or in various stages of production, and we were being told that, again, virtual reality was going to be the next big thing. I mean, for me, it's just like the second time around. I feel like the early 90s when I was being told virtual reality was was going to be the next big thing. And then I see Virtual Boy from Nintendo and I'm like, okay, Mario's all red. doesn't work for me. But I want to ask your thoughts on this. Uh, Oculus Quest 2, still, at a price point, I think that is not going to be of of interest to a general audience, which is the thing. That's going to separate it from a niche to something that hits big is the audience that you market it to. And to me, Oculus Quest 2, even at a lower price, even at a more refined, more powerful model is still not attractive enough to go ahead and garner a large general audience.
2: Let me just ask you one question real quick, Jeff. Of course. Would you rather spend $299 and get an Oculus Quest 2, or would you rather spend $399 and get a digital-only Xbox?
0: Well, I'm going to tell that. you every time the PlayStation 5, you know, or or 299 for even the Xbox Series S because those appeal more to me because I, they will be able for me to do more things. You're still very limited on what you can do and what you can play with Oculus Quest 2. I understand for for most of these units that the process of motion sickness, headaches, dizziness those things that were very common with virtual reality way back when, like I was saying in the early nineties and whatnot, and the stigma that was attached to them. I know most of that's gone away, but still people do not want to put all this different apparatus for so many, you know, for extended periods of time. I mean, this is probably what we're wearing right now on our heads with our headphones is probably the most we want to do for any extended period of time. So I want to hear your thoughts, man. I mean, it's, for me, it's not, not something I want to do and I want, want to experience because it's just not overwhelmingly fascinating enough to me to say, hey, you know what? I got to go ahead and step in that world because it, yes, other, it's going to be a great experience for me for a few minutes, like it always is when I put on a VR and then the novelty goes away and I just feel like, you know what? I'm just doing the same thing I could have done when I'm lying on my couch.
2: Yeah. I understand that perspective and it's a very valid one. I think it's one that most Americans have. Right. Uh, and I think I'm the outlier here because I spend so much time in goggles doing the the drone flying stuff that I'm not bothered by putting on a a big goggle set like that, especially my, my first pair of goggles were big box goggles. I mean, like they hung this far off my face, (laughs) you know? So it's, it's, they they had and and for the those that are listening they hang like six or eight inches off my face right so you've got this gigantic thing hanging off the front of your face even you know and sometimes even longer than these oculus quest ones are it doesn't bother me but i think that's because i've i've gotten used to it over time and i only i'm only in my goggles for three or four minutes at a time right because my drones are freestyle and racing drones they they don't stay in the air for more than five minutes Generally, especially when I'm, I'm doing some crazy stuff, it's down two and a half, three minutes. I understand where by the time I'm pulling my goggles off, that's when the VR sickness starts to set in for most people. Initially, when I read this story, I was pretty excited about this Oculus Quest 2. And you look at the price tag, and it's the same price tag as the Xbox Series S. $100 more gets you a PlayStation 5 digital only edition. I mean, what is the uh, attraction here? Because there's really none. You, you kind of talked about it. There's not a ton of titles for it. You know, yeah, you can go watch some, some some movies in your headset, but why do you want to spend that much time in your headset?
0: Plus also the fact that the interaction with other people, the interaction on multiplayer. I mean, you can go right now and hop on a game and go into a multiplayer with dozens and dozens and dozens and hundreds and thousands of people right now. You can just go play Fortnite, and there's tens of thousands of people waiting for you. You can just go on NBA 2K, which a lot of people will be going ahead and playing right now. You know, same thing. With Oculus, yeah, you do have some multiplayer options, but it doesn't seem as infinite as the possibilities you have for when you go ahead and play a console or you just interact with people on other avenues of entertainment. And. To me, VR is another form of entertainment. It doesn't seem to be, for me at least, the same thing as I envision it—the way I play consoles and whatnot. And I was talking to you about, if, you know, when I went to CES, because I, you know, when I go to CES every year, I do see the latest and greatest and what's updated with the with the VR virtual reality world and things of that nature. But for a couple of years, Microsoft had this Lumera Room. That's what it was called, Lumera Room. Uh, I remember okay. the name. And you would walk in, and it would have what you would see in a VR, except it was, you didn't need glasses and you just walked in and you experienced it in your room, kind of like a holodeck. And it didn't work perfectly mind you at that point in time. But what to me, that is the future. I mean, what we see on star Trek with the, you know, you go into the holodeck and you, you know, you have those experiences. That's to be something I think is the future of the way our world will be, whether it be now or a hundred years from now, that's, that's beside the point. Just saying, That is something that I think a lot of people are looking forward to then going ahead and experiencing it by putting on goggles and headset and having controllers and having this and having that and having more things than they already have right now. So I think it's a a deep, deep dive and it's a big step for a lot of people to go ahead and venture into that I don't think people want to go ahead and take the time or spend the money on to go and actually take that stuff. It seems like VR for a lot of people is that wall. That wall that people don't want to go over right now.
2: Yeah, and honestly just pulling up the few videos I've found on the Lumira room, if you could make this technology work, this is what I want. Why would I put on goggles or glasses or anything else? See what I mean? When I could just Yes, yeah, I'm looking at the 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 screen caps from this video. This is amazing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But unfortunately, Microsoft abandoned it. I don't want to say abandoned it, maybe permanently but they they kind of ditched it maybe it wasn't practical or maybe it wasn't cost effective maybe they couldn't like slap a $500 price point on it and say there you go so you know they couldn't market it to a mass audience maybe they're still utilizing it and developing it in some way but they didn't show it in recent years at CES, so I'm assuming they kind of put it on the the shelf, you know, to gather some dust right there at Microsoft. So
2: that's that's some proprietary software that you'll see pop up at uh, one of the theme parks pretty soon, I'm sure.
0: Uh, and maybe, it, but still, it, it's just the concept. That's where you want our future to go. That's what you want to do, and uh, you want VR. Seems to me, just again, when they were th- forcing it down your throat in 2017, it just seemed like it was to be something that you know what is something extra that a lot of people didn't want or didn't need marcus i mean before we head on to another subject i want to ask you this is the oculus quest 2 something that you're interested in buying i mean is it something you want to go ahead and do because like i said of anyone or of either of us vr seems to be a better more attractive thing to you
2: yeah and i'll tell you right now that no it's not attractive to me and the reason i, I i'm going to say that is as we were talking about the multiplayer aspect of that I pulled up their library, and if you look at their multiplayer section of their library, there's no major titles out. I mean, and I understand there's not gonna be major titles for this platform. I don't know, there's just nothing here that's more attractive to me than an iPhone game, right? At the end of the day, I can play most of anything like this on my iPhone. The only difference is it's not attached to my face.
0: And you wanted to talk about iOS real quickly because Apple did have some announcements when the concerns a new update on iOS.
2: Yeah. And uh, I mean, iOS 14 just came out today. I'm pretty excited about it. They've got some really cool new features. Specifically, they, they're doing widgets on the, on the home screen now, which you Android users have been able to do for years, I understand. But you know, Apple's finally, yeah, uh, Apple's finally got that ability. And it's really cool. I've actually already set mine up. Here, I'll give you a little preview of it. I've got my weather running at the top of my screen now. But it's nice and clean. I spent a lot of time playing with it today. The other major thing is they've updated their messaging app. Uh, you can now pin messages to the top of your text message app, as well as you can reply directly within threads or reply uh, directly in open threads based on messages. Right, that's something that you can see you can do in Slack, WhatsApp, and a few others. But it's to me those little improvements are great, especially the home screen redesign. Man, like it, it just it's clean. It's it's functional. It's everything I need it to be. They've uh, kind of introduced the app library where you can delete app tiles off your home screen, but they still live on your phone, so you don't have to stare at them if you don't want to. I mean, they've done a lot to kind of customize the user experience here, and it's it's, it's got me hook, line, and sinker.
0: Ah, welcome to the world of Android. There you go. There you go. But... You know, iOS has a feature that Android doesn't have, which I hope they will never have, but I know that they will get at some point in time. And that's the feature of liking text messages and laughing at text messages. Mm -hmm. That is the most annoying thing on the planet because you think you've got a text from somebody that's actually sending you a message. Oh, no, it's just somebody liking a message I sent an hour ago. Great. Thanks for wasting my time. Oh, somebody liked another Oh, somebody laughed at one. It's just like, okay was not needed it absolutely was not needed
2: it's for when you're dealing with those people that need the last word so like that's when i use it is you know when i'm texting somebody and they they like absolutely have to have the last word instead of texting back i'll just give them a thumbs up or a heart or you know a ha that messes with them. i like to mess with people
0: well, yeah, that's one way Apple messes with Android right there for you. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on the new iOS and also as well Oculus Quest 2? We want to see if you're interested in Oculus Quest 2. And then how is your experience so far with the latest edition of iOS? Share us your thoughts. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Oh, I want to check my phone. Oh, it says somebody liked what I just said. How do you know? Thanks for checking out
1: the PCC. You know, the Pop culture Cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library, and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis.
0: Well, my friend, there's more to talk about on today's show before we head on out, and that is AAA movies because Variety had an article on Black Widow possibly being delayed or most likely being delayed and that Disney is exploring movements of that and also Pixar's Soul and it was funny because we saw last week uh, some trailers for some AAA things like No Time to Die and, you know, obviously the stuff we saw for DC Fandom in the recent past. And there's still this, this imagery, this mirage almost, that these AAA movies are going to be appearing here at the latter part of this year. But I'm of the inkling now, after reading a conversation, and I think I mentioned this to you by one of the Sony execs that says got to really take a look at your big budget movies that you made and are already, they're ready to go that you've delayed already that these 150, 200 million, $300 million production budgets that you spent and you want to send it out to a marketplace that doesn't want to go back to the movies. And we're seeing it right now with tenant tenant was a $200 million costly movie that Jonathan Nolan specifically said, it has to come out in theaters because the experience that you have. And I I understand that. Anybody who has seen it would probably agree with that statement. But because they had to throw it out there and they thought it was going to be the movie that brought people back to theaters, unfortunately, it's not the case. It's just went over $200 million. It will most likely barely make it over $300 million worldwide at this point at the theater's which is an extreme disappointment because this movie would have easily made seven, 800 possibly even a billion dollars if it had been released under normal circumstances. So uh, the movie company, I believe it's Warner Brothers, is going to be taking a pretty bad dump right there. Then you have movies like Mulan, which got a big boost by going straight to Disney Plus for a $30 charge, but has been absolutely a bomb in China, which I'm sure they weren't expecting at all at Disney, but it's been doing terrible in that marketplace. People, for the most part, around the world, are not going back to theaters. Here in the U.S., 70% of theaters are open, but really, when it comes down to it, when Tenet can only squeeze out $20 million on a U.S. weekend, it really, really hurts their value and what's going forward, so... I want to hear your thoughts, man. I mean, these AAA movies, I don't expect all these movies that have been bumped back to October, November, December. I expect a very small amount of them to be actually playing this year, or at least in the form that they were meant to on a big screen. Some of them may choose the Bill and Ted way of just going straight to home video, or virtually straight to home video, while others, most others, will try to go ahead and move it back to 2021 and possibly even further.
2: I think we need to kind of start pushing and realize that we're in for the long haul here, that uh, until we have a vaccine or we take care of COVID as a, as a world, you know, as a worldwide population, actually start doing the things we need to be doing, we're not going to have a lot of the things that we like. you know, and, uh, and that goes along with having the entertainment schedules that we're accustomed to at this point in time. So based on our discussion earlier in the episode about how the landscape is changing and we're totally watching this this uh drive to delivering content at home instead of in the theaters, what is that gonna do to our, our production budgets moving forward? You it's know, gonna that's, have that's... to make them
0: smaller because they it just even though the costs rise, it has to make them smaller. I mean, you cannot make the same kind of return by putting a movie straight out on home video. I mean, no matter how much you charge. Mulan, yes. It went up, what, 68% downloads did, similar to what it did for when Disney Plus dropped Hamilton, but still, even with that, you're still not going to get back the return because Mulan was expected to be another billion-dollar movie at the box office, and that's not going to do it.
2: See, and and I think it was you and Josh were talking about it and talking about how they really kind of just made a very general storyline for Mulan. And it just didn't feel like they really went in depth. It's not a shot for shot remake. It's kind of a reimagined telling of it. It just didn't Why not label it something different?
0: They thought they were gonna be able to cater to all sides, both a Western and an Eastern influence story. It was very heavily Western influenced, which I think was part of the problem as well. I think right. the there you know, look at behind the scenes who directed it, who wrote it, and I think you you have a lot of issues there going forward that Hollywood needs to remind themselves that when you have a story of a certain ethnic origin, that you need to have the right people creating that story. A hundred
2: percent. A hundred
0: percent. They just, they don't learn. Hollywood doesn't learn until they finally get it right.
2: I think that Mulan was an issue of timing and budget maybe. We really needed to start seeing returns right away. Or like you said, Disney's all in on this new model and they decided to take the loss knowing that moving forward, they're going to be able to release things on their platform and maybe make more money.
0: Well, we'll see how much money it makes. If Black Widow goes to that format, if The Eternals goes to that format, if Shang-Chi goes to that format, we're going to see it. that's going to be the way Disney decides its future for some of its films. I'm going to say that it's going to be those tweener films that they make. For the most part, the films that are we're going to get a theatrical release, but we're not expected to do the gobs of money that the Marvel movies were going to make or the Pixar movies are going to make. It is going to be a very tough model going forward and production values and production costs, even though they are going up, it's going to be tough to say, you know what, I want to go ahead each and every time and and say yes to a $200, $300 million type deal. But going forward, A movies and how they're going to be released, at least for 2020, is going to be a tough deal. And I think people need to be prepared for a lot more delays. So, people, if you want to keep up to date? Please follow us on Facebook, where we post the stories and articles and updates on all the major movies that are coming out, what's going on with them, their status, if they're coming out this year, coming out next year, if they're being delayed, if they're going straight to home video. Find this out, Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook. Well, my friend, before we head on out, a couple last things. Harry Potter. Coming back to video games, we just saw recently Lord of the Rings Gollum, gollum, gollum come out as far as being debuted <laughs> as a video game. Uh, he thought that was funny.
2: I'm no Andy Circus. <laughs> I can tell you that much. But That was amazing, though. I, I, I really did enjoy that. I just wasn't expecting it. Okay. It was unexpected. Yeah, fair,
0: yeah. fair enough, yeah. indeed. But Lord of the Rings Gollum is on the way as a video game. And now another famed major book representation, like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and obviously everybody knows and loves Harry Potter. They're coming out with a Hogwarts Legacy video game. It's going to be an open-world RPG. One of the options is, yes, you can go ahead and save the world. There's going to be a lot of things to do in as very much in many open-world games. So I want to ask your thoughts on Harry Potter being used, as an, uh, again, as a as an IP for a new video game. I like it. I think it's still returning back to Hogwarts. There's still a great interest in it. I know people have with the Fantastic Beasts movies not been kind of on Harry Potter as of late, but I know the Harry Potter characters and Harry Potter world themselves been something of great interest. So I see some good things coming down the pike for a Harry (laughs) Potter video game and returning back to Hogwarts with Hogwarts Legacy.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm and Gerald, I, I will say I'm. I'm very excited about this one. This is actually one of the titles that is making me want to get a PS5, even though this is going to be on PS4 as well. Go back to my original point, man. Uh, I I understand, but this new game, it's set in the 1800s, so it's before everything that we know, right? Yes. It's gonna be kind of fun. It's uh, the this entire open world concept is something that's not been done in this realm before, and I'm kind of excited to see how they do it. We all have kind of imagined the grounds of Hogwarts in our head and, and Hogsmeade and everything. So I kind of want to see how everybody else chooses to represent it, you know, especially in a, in a format like an a RPG. And so it'll be fun to kind of go through and explore and see how much of this world you can actually experience and, and play in. The idea of saving the world and doing all that obviously has to be in the game. You can't just have a billion different loose storylines unless you're Grand Theft Auto.
0: There we go. <laughs> uh, need need you die to die aggress.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's I'm I'm pretty excited about it. I know that this entire franchise and I'm talking about Harry Potter in general, not Harry Potter as a video game, but Harry Potter generally has been under fire over the last year because of J.K. Rowling's insensitive remarks that she's made. And, and so And
0: Josh it, is going to have something to say about that on the Monday show. He's already told me in regards to her new book and we'll just leave it at that.
2: Oh, interesting. I, I'll I'll definitely be tuning in, you know, to to listen to that then, because I have a feeling Josh and I have similar sentiments, maybe.
0: I don't know. We'll see. We'll, we'll see.
2: see. Actually, you know, I do know, for, but we'll see. But what I do want to say, though, is this might be a really good way for this franchise to kind of rebuild itself independently of J.K. Rowling. You know, if you can bring a whole bunch of people in their late 20s to the mid 30s back to the Harry Potter franchise via the PS5, you know, that's... Generally, that demographics that's gonna have a little bit more money right now to be putting money out on it for a PS Five, so why not give them a title that is gonna draw them in?
0: You know why I think that I have confidence, even though I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan. I'm gonna be honest mm-hmm. with you, I've not really gotten. I've seen all the movies, but I've not really gotten into the lore of Harry Potter. But you know, my family is just absolutely gaga over Harry Potter, and we have a great time at Universal Studios and all that. And always drink the butterbeer and all that. But I want to tell you why this is gonna be a success. two words. Avalanche Studios. Really? Because they created a game called Infinity, or if everybody remembers Disney Infinity. And that, to me, is one of the most underrated games of the last decade and was criminally shut down by Disney because it didn't make enough money for them. Even though the things you can do in that game for a game that was supposedly marketed for younger children, actually was really cool for all ages to play. The sandbox mode that you can play in and create and the things you can do in it were, dare I say it, infinite. And it it just, it was a great experience. My kids loved it. I enjoyed it. It was just truly fantastic. And the way it interacted with the figures that we still have today here Mm -hmm. at the house, it was truly an enjoyable experience. And again, Disney just, you know, they didn't want to deal with video games directly, anyways. They just said, okay, we're going to go ahead and sell it off to EA or whoever else that wants to go ahead and do our games, but we're not going to do it ourselves anymore. So that was kind of very disappointing to see. But Avalanche is a great studio, and I truly believe that they're going to make Hogwarts Legacy a great success.
2: Well, and just taking a quick look at their Wikipedia page, I mean, they got offloaded by Disney, they got picked back up by Warner Brothers. I hate to say it this way, but I mean they're in the best position to make one of the best games right now because they've been in one of the best studios, and they're at one of the best studios again, I think. And so well, right. that,
0: that not, is that is if Warner Brothers doesn't sell off its game, video games division because there's been rumors all year that they've been thinking about doing that.
2: Yeah, COVID's yeah. not helping that right yeah. now. I know that, but yeah, so we'll see how this comes out. I, I'm pretty excited about it, and and well, now that COVID could be helping
0: the... out because video games as a whole, the video game industry has been one of the most profitable for 2020 in this time because everybody's staying home
2: i'm hoping the money that the industry has made via covid is going to be enough to keep our titles coming on on pace right now but i have a feeling we're going to start seeing AAA titles get de- delayed 2021 not 2020 but 2021 for the oh, video yeah. game realm same
0: thing yeah like same thing it goes with movies i mean it's the process of making them is going to be the hard part but once they get released yeah they're seeing a higher return in this current world and environment that you're seeing right now. simply because so many people are home more often, but yeah, the process of getting these games made is going to be a little bit trickier, like not only with films, TV, video games, anything out there, as far as the entertainment industry has been greatly impacted in a negative way, as far as the production of this. So definitely we're going to be seeing more of those delays with, game titles, movie titles and pretty much anything entertainment going forward we're going to be seeing plays and beyond. But what are your thoughts out there on the latest Harry Potter RPG that's going to be hitting the video game console future? Do you want to be a part of the Hogwarts Legacy? Share your thoughts, Pop Culture Cosmos and Yahoo. Doc. Well, my friend, it's been a great episode. Before we head on out, Animaniacs coming to Hulu. Uh, you know, the return of a great series that a lot of people thought ended too quickly. Steven Spielberg's Love Child, and actually, the fourth wall was broken many, many times with with not only the movie industry and the Hollywood industry mm-hmm. as a whole with that show, but it it did a lot of wink, wink and non nods to pretty much pop culture at itself. I want to hear your thoughts on the return of Animaniacs.
2: I'm a, really excited about it. So they went back to Netflix in like 2015 or 2016, right? And apparently that's what drove this revival of Animaniacs. And I'm pretty excited about that. So Hulu finally announced it 20 late 2018, early 2019 or something. And from there, it's kind of just been a game of, all right, well, let's see what happens. You know, uh, and I have some personal attachment to Animaniacs. That's actually one of the first CDs I ever bought as a small child. <laughs> so it's definitely one of those things that i'm interested in and seeing where they go with it i'm hoping that we get a bingeable series not a week by week release but i understand why we're doing the week by weeks and everything like that but we're supposed to be getting 13 episodes right out the gate with this one with the animaniacs and set to premiere early 2021 if i remember correctly
0: supposed to be into this year supposed to be
2: So November, 2020, I think is when it's coming out. And then from there, they'll have some additional episodes coming out in 2021, which to me, that's the best way to keep this series rolling is how do we hit the market with just loads of episodes, right? And don't give me the weekly release. Give me 20 so that I can choose to binge them all in 20 hours (laughs) or (laughs) <laughs> or, you know, take 20 weeks to do this. But I, I'm really excited about Animaniacs. I don't know about you. This is a series that was pretty important to me when I was a kid. And just because of what you said, there was a lot of pop culture references. It, it was an easy way to to get a laugh out of the kids and the and the parents, I think. That's something that Shrek did really well was getting a laugh out of the kids and the parents. No, Not-not-wink-winks. Yeah.
0: Yeah, not-not-wink-winks indeed. And, and it did have a lot of wink-winks to the entertainment industry as a whole. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Animaniacs on Hulu if it does come out this year and what it will bring. What are your thoughts out there on Animaniacs coming to Hulu? Are you excited for a revival of the series? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Pop culture cosmos at yahoo.com. Got a great episode coming for you on Monday for the Pop Culture Cosmos. Josh is going to be talking about the latest book by JK Rowling. Plus we're going to be hopefully be talking about console wars the all-new documentary coming to CBS All Access. And, of course, he's probably also got a lot of things to say about PlayStation 5 and, of course, anything that's going on in pop culture. Hopefully, I'll be able to get Jessica Boggs to help me do a fall TV preview as well. Looking forward to it. Marcus, looking Mm -hmm. forward to bringing you back on the air ASAP. How was your adventure so far in the past two weeks with me and hanging out so far in the PCC Multiverse?
2: I mean, hanging out in the PCC multiverse is one of my my favorite things to do. We were talking about it before the show. I just appreciate the outlet to come on and and talk to you and have good conversation because I feel like that's what we we have, is great conversation when we sit around and do this. I am going to apologize to the PCC fan base out there. I think I spent too much time dragging us back into the discussion of delayed timelines. So if I'm back next week, I promise I will stay away from delayed timelines as much as I can.
0: My friend... You can delve into that discussion all you want because it's a reality. It's going to be happening pretty much every week. We're going to be seeing delay after delay after delay. So for Marcus de la Garza, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great day.